The Audio Vault on 94.1 San Antonio Sports Star is brought to you by AA Best Bail Bonds, 225-2121 or online at mybestbailbonds.com. It's the RJ Ochoa Show on 94.1 San Antonio Sports Star. What's going on in Jerry's world? What's the latest from Cowboy Camp? Find out right here, <laughs> Friday mornings at 7.30 and 9.30 with the manager and editor-in-chief of Blogging the Boys, RJ Ochoa. Here's Robin Rudy. It's the only show inside of a show in all of radio. <laughs> it's the RJ Ochoa inside of the R&R uh, show we like to call uh, on the San Antonio Sports Star. No, Rudy, today you see him, RJ. If you're on our YouTube feed, you would see Joe Reinagle. That's RJ Ochoa. We're together again. How is everybody? How are you doing this morning, RJ? I'm doing great. So today I'm inside of the R and J. Yes, yeah. Appropriately named. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, good for me. Yeah. Way to go. I appreciate it. How you feeling this week? You better? Yeah, definitely better. Uh, sickness rolled through. Uh, last week I was telling you guys um, all the responsibilities of adulthood slapped me in the face. Um, I sound, I still sound a lot worse, uh, but I feel great. I haven't run my uh, my standard two miles yet, but uh, but yeah, football's back, so it's hard to kind of feel down in that sense. Hey, we just had Mike McCarthy join us for his uh, regular stop off. Not to brag, but you know, we just talked to the coach. Uh, he one of the questions we asked uh, was his prep as the play caller coming into the week. And he said there wasn't a whole lot of difference. But I'll tell you, um, there has to be. What do you expect to see from a coach that's been questioned for his clock management in the past? Not recently, but he has. And an offense that has changed its blocking scheme and uh, a a bunch of starters that we haven't seen. Uh, what, What is a realistic expectation as we start diving into the Giants? I think it's it's fair to expect it to be a little bit boring early on. I think we're all like, okay, you know, Mike, you're you're going to the garage and you're you're pulling the the cover off the Corvette and kind of, you know what I mean? Right. Like this thing's got you know 81 miles on it, so you're taking it for a drive through the town. Like, well, you know, it's it's just, it's a little bit slow in that you know it's week one. You can't burn everything. You you can't you know blow through everything. Um, but I, I think that we'll see slow aggression, if that makes sense. I mean, or, or purposeful aggression, if that makes sense, because uh, we, we ought to, and I thought Chris Collins did a great job of saying it last night in the opener. Who? I mean, if the, if this, look, I, I like Chris Collins. Years ago. I like Chris, uh, but um, he noted like, hey, I mean, these dudes aren't used to playing this many snaps in a game right now. And so you, you do have to kind of take a slow burn. Um, you have to be very careful. Uh, you have to be methodical. And so uh, I absolutely expect Mike to kind of come out and, and ramp this thing up. There's no need to, to climb, you know, the 15-step staircase and three jumps. You have 15 steps for a You know, RJ, that's interesting that you say that. And obviously we've discussed uh, over and over again about preseason play or not preseason play. Um, what do you expect when the Cowboys come out? And I, I think you kind of hit on it a little bit there, but this is preseason for them. It's the first action in a long, long time. Uh, rust, or do you think they, they get off to a good start? You know, I, I think that they're, you know, going to operate pretty efficiently. Uh, and, and some of that is because that's the way the West Coast offense is designed. I mean, I think we're going to see a lot of high-percentage throws, um, I wouldn't call them dump offs, but a lot of underneath things, you know, near the line of scrimmage, giving, you know, the explosive players on the team opportunities to kind of get in space and, and just be football players. 
Um, and on defense, that's the thing. Like, I know we're all kind of pumped to see the Cowboys pin their ears back, but you can bury yourself, you know, by getting too aggressive, even when you have players like Micah Parsons and Demarcus Lawrence. So I do expect the Cowboys to kind of keep things in front of them a little bit um, and kind of get a feel for the Giants before they find the right opportunity to strike. What's your biggest concern coming into the game? Obviously, Tyron Smith rolls an ankle yesterday. We got uh, – uh, um, oh, no, um, Tyron Smith did. Uh, we've got Biotis yeah. limping around. Tyler Smith. Uh, Tyler Smith still going on. The offensive line – there are some questions, certainly. Uh, other than that, any other worries that uh, you need to pay close attention to through practice today and tomorrow? Well, their names being similar certainly doesn't help right now. Or, <laughs> no kidding. Or help with the insecurity. Um, but it's worth mentioning that, you know, if you miss a snap of practice for whatever reason like that, you got to pop up on the injury report. So if anybody is like, you know, just screaming their heads off about Tyron, I mean, I would relax a little, but. Um, I mean, that's my biggest concern is health. And mm -hmm. it's it's an epidemic across the NFL, and, and but that doesn't help. That doesn't make things better. Um, but, but if any one of those dudes goes out, all of a sudden you're a little bit up a creek if you're the Cowboys. Even against uh, a Giants team that's a little bit down, the interior pass rush that they have is, is for real. I mean, they have Dexter Lawrence. They have uh, an enormous amount of players, Leonard Williams, that, that can kind of wreak havoc across the middle of that defensive line. And so – um, you don't want to have to deal with that, and you certainly don't want this game to be closer than it has to be, and then you get into a position where uh, you see it slipping through your fingers. They're the favorite, and if they go out and, and everything goes chalk, it should be a, a productive night. But you know, RJ, you can understand Cowboy fan and, and people looking at, at Tyron Smith and seeing him on the injury report and limited in <laughs> practice and rolling an ankle. I mean, it's just a it, – it's, it's and Menix likes to say this all the time. It's not a question of uh, it's if. A, if, it's when. Yeah, I mean, Tyron, look, he hasn't played a, a full season for the Cowboys since Dak Prescott was in college. Um, and consider that Dak is wow. the longest-tenured starting quarterback in the NFL with his particular team. Uh, so it has been a very long time. And at the beginning of that, you know, kind of drought, he would miss three games a season. And so you can kind of survive that. And then it was like, you know, the whole season and 13 games and whatever. And so um, it is a ticking time bomb. And – that was one of my biggest criticisms of the Cowboys last year was it didn't really feel like they operated that way. They operated as if, like, oh, it'll, it'll be fine. You know, like, we'll, we'll be good. Like, we'll make it. You know what I mean? Quit worrying. We don't need gas. We're, we're totally going to be fine. Um, but it does seem like they have a bit more of a contingency plan this year. And it's, it's an awkward thing. I mean, Tyron did restructure his deal, so they won in that sense over the offseason. But – his presence is a problem because and, and, you can't say no, you know, to Tyrant Smith <laughs> wanting to play for your football team, but you are stuck because you are waiting for this shoe to drop. He is RJ Ochoa of Blogging the Boys. Make sure you're following him on the X at RJ Ochoa <laughs> and at Blogging the Boys. Um, you got a great article on Blogging the Boys right now about the ramifications of the Joe Burrow contract with the Cowboys and Dak Prescott. Uh, tell me how you see this playing out as far as when Dak does sign, if he signs, and we assume he will, uh, how much you see it for and how this will affect the Micah Parsons negotiations. Well, so it doesn't help that over the last two days, um, the new precedents have been set as far as the highest paid Ooh. defensive player in NFL history and Nick Bosa and highest paid player period in NFL history and Joe Burrow. And 
I'm, I mean, I know how sensitive of a topic this is. I know that people freak out and, you know, you can't pay back this. You can't pay back that. Whether you, whoever you are, are a fan of him or not, last night the price for Dak Prescott went up. That's yep. the market. I mean, welcome to Economics 101. So Joe Burrow, uh, look, it, it wasn't that long. It was like six months ago that we were like, sooner or later, a quarterback's going to hit $50 million on an annual average basis. Four of them have done so since the offseason began, and obviously the season started last night. And not only have they all hit $50 million, Joe's halfway to 60. I mean, all of a sudden, we're at $55 million. Like, we're going to blink, and $60 million is going to be the going rate annually for a quarterback. And so, again, I, I would posit that Dak is probably going to make somewhere around $55 million a year, Ooh, at the very least, given what we saw last night. I mean, and Joe Burrow got $219.01 million guaranteed. I would reckon it's going to take $220 million guaranteed. That's the way this goes, especially the, the, an important note about Burrow's deal. It's a five-year extension. <laughs> Dax was only a four-year extension. So, I mean, if you want that extra year, you got to go up on the guarantee. This is the way, again, the math tends to work. And there are a lot of people who – especially in the fallout of the Trey Lance trade. Oh, I don't want to see this. I don't want to do it. Here's the thing. The Cowboys are kind of over a barrel here because Dak Prescott essentially needs an extension. His cap hit for next year is just south of $60 million. That's untenable. They can't, especially wanting to pay Micah Parsons. They cannot do that. He has, so people say, well, just ride it out. He has a no dead clause. He has a no trade clause. So even if you did swallow that pain pill, you would ultimately let him walk away for absolutely nothing in 2025. So the fact that he needs an extension effectively forces them to come to terms with the quarterback market, which as of last night is $55 million on an annual average basis. And for anyone who thinks you got to win a Super Bowl to get paid that much money, of all four dudes making at least $50 million a year, they have a combined zero Super Bowl win. But they've been. At least one of them. Yeah, well, only, more only, than one of them. Only Burrow yeah. and Hurts have been. Yeah. And Lamar's, Lamar's got an MVP, but, I mean, what, is, what the hell does Justin Herbert have? You know, if, if, we're, if we're, you know, really holding everybody accountable here, Justin Herbert's in that territory as well. Joe? Uh, well, I get it. I just cannot see. And I get the whole thing about the, it's next and all of this stuff. But you're going to sit here and tell me that all of a sudden Dak Prescott is going to go from not making this list of the top ten to being number one or number two on this list, I, I just don't see it. And I understand the the economics around it. But my goodness, I just, you know, you talk about Justin Herbert. At least Justin Herbert's got a future. Yeah, Dak Prescott's 30 years old, and I'm not sure. And he hasn't gotten any better over the last several years, as far as I'm concerned. And injuries have been a problem. I mean, I, that's a fair point about injuries. I mean, since he signed his – and, in fact, he signed the extension, or it was actually a brand-new deal at the time, um, coming off of missing all the games in 2020 with the ankle injury. And, and since then, he had the shoulder, he had the thumb. I mean, that, that is a very fair data point. But, I mean, you, you're saying you can't see him being at the top. He was at the top. I mean, that, that's how fast this market moved. I mean, when he signed his deal two years ago, he was at the very top. And if it makes you feel better, I mean, from a percentage standpoint, it's going to be the same. I mean, it's going to wind up being about 24% of the salary cap. It's just the cap continues to rise. Again, the, the economics of it all. So from a percentage standpoint, how much he's impacting the team, that is remaining relatively status quo.
RJ Ochoa sitting right <laughs> here on r r in the morning, and the debate will continue whether a ring's put on his finger or not, whether he's worth it or not. Time frame, what do you, how do you th- see this playing out? I mean, you know, the season starts in two days, and generally these sorts of things, you know, kind of go on ice, um, which mm-hmm. is why the Burrow deal getting done last night is significant um, once the regular season starts. And, I mean, they technically don't have a reason to do it. And they've done everything they can. I know it sounds like, oh, my gosh, the sky is falling. Why did the Cowboys wait this long? I would argue if it was a mistake to, to wait this long. It's always a mistake. If, if you know you have a franchise quarterback, you know you're going to have to pay him. Both those boxes are checked here. Do it. Do it. And that's why the Eagles are so smart. The Eagles got there. They were the first of all of these $50 million quarterbacks. They got it done this offseason at the very beginning because they knew they had to pay Hurts. But whatever. Bygones are bygones. I think this gets kicked down the road of the offseason. And, I, I mean, and don't forget, C.D. Lamb is going to need an extension as well. It's, it's not pressing. You can still survive not doing it next year. It is not out of the realm of possibility. I know how ridiculous this sounds that in March or April or May of next year that the Cowboys hand out the biggest contract on the defensive side of the ball in NFL history and the overall biggest contract in NFL history to Dak Prescott. That, that is that is very, very, I would almost argue likely. RJ, what uh, has to happen to get there? What has to to get to that point? Do they have to get to, say, the NFC Championship game? Is there a, a, a predicate to this, or do you just think it's going to happen no matter what happens this season? Yeah, I, I mean, it's going to happen because Dak Prescott and Michael Parsons are the future of this team. I mean, yeah. they could win three games, and it would still make just as much logical sense. It would it would be oh a lot more gosh. annoying in terms of the fallout. But uh, but that's the reality. I mean, Dak's still only 30 years old, and they're, you have to pay Micah Parsons. Again, we just the, – the Niners also made the mistake of not paying Nick Bosa when he immediately became extension eligible, which is why the situation got so stressful for them. And so – um, it behooves the Cowboys to pay Micah as soon as they possibly can and help work the extension numbers down from a salary cap perspective with the time remaining that is still technically a part of his rookie contract. I love the fact that they're going to pay Micah Parsons, and I think he'll deserve it, and I think this year will we'll show everybody that he probably is the best defensive player in the league, uh, Mr. Bosa aside. But I, I just I, I wonder at, at what point, RJ, is it time – to, to cut bait with Dak Prescott. And I ask that sincerely, and, and if you, you want to give him an extension because you got to pay everybody else, I mean, how long do you bang your head against the wall before you start looking for the future? And I don't think Trey Lance is that future. Maybe he develops, I don't know. But at what point in time do you, do you say, hey, it, it was a nice run, but you're just not getting it done? I mean, that's a very fair question to wonder about. And obviously he had like a, you know, incredibly poor season, which is not the norm for him. Uh, even last season, you know, despite leading the league in interceptions or being tied for the league, I mean, he led the league or was near the top of the league and, and other important statistics and other important metrics. And so he's never had this like cratering of a season. But, I mean, it is fair to say if that happened, you know, maybe we should reevaluate. But it would it would be a very very awkward 2024. Has that ever would happened? Have to, uh, Has this ever happened where a team after eight years just goes, you know, we'll let you go? Well, Jared Goff found that out. In, well, in, they in, traded in LA. for him, but they I mean, they didn't, the guy went to a Super Bowl and they got rid of him. Goff is an interesting example, but I think the most relative one is Carson Wentz. Um, I mean, obviously played like an MVP in 2017, and then obviously the Eagles won the Super Bowl with Adam. We all know the story. And then he was just terrible. 
And for what it's worth, the Eagles did take on the biggest dead cap hit in NFL history to trade him to the That's Indianapolis That's true. But Colts. he was terrible. But he was, and they could trade him. That's the thing. Like Again, like say you're right, Joe, and say it's a matter of like, okay, let's ride this out. You can't trade him. He has a no trade clause. He has a no tag clause. Like it, it would be this incredibly difficult 2024 season, like historically difficult. Um, and maybe that would be worth it to, to somebody or to, to whoever. But I, you mentioned Trey Lance, and I know you said you don't think he's the future, but there are a lot of yahoos out there who, who do throw his name out. Just for what it's worth, next offseason, the Cowboys have to decide whether or not to pick up Trey Lance's fifth-year option, um, which is an impractical thing to assume um, for a million reasons. So it, the, the timelines of Lance and Vac don't line up. <laughs> is, that, well, I, is that the is that, that bear or the new, puppy? The new baby. That's bear. Um, he gets <laughs> look. He, he sits around all day. He hears this. He's like, "Are they going on about Dak again?" <laughs> like, you know, this, this this dude's putting food on millions of tables across America. I mean, he's like, you know, when does Tony Pollard get some love? When is Tober going to be back in the fold? I mean, you know, so bear bear gets a little. He's also I get you know, partial to the bears. So he's um, he's rooting for Justin Fields this weekend as well. well and he's going to be a big star, too, I uh, think. Of course. Justin. Let me, real quick, have the Eagles been to two Super Bowls in like the last five years? What, what's the time frame? You're right there. Five. It, was yeah. through six, it was through six seasons. Yeah. Okay. Um, so two appearances in six seasons. But Even though they um, had a big cap hit with Carson Wentz. Well, the cap hit that they took on was for the 2021 season. So it was over last year. Um, it was over when it allowed them to trade for A.J. Brown and sign him to the brand-new deal. Um, but, I mean, look, I, I'm not going to act like the Eagles aren't a forward-thinking franchise. And we, we have seen indications of the Cowboys operating in that sense, in the trades for Stephon Gilmore, in the trading, obviously, for Brandon Cooks, in the establishment of long-term deals for Trayvon Diggs, for Terrence Steele, getting Malik Hooker's number ready, you know, guaranteeing mm-hmm. J. Ron Curse's salary, and – Again, I, I recognize how volatile of a subject that is. Getting the extension done with him is a forward-thinking you know, decision in the financial world of football because that will allow the Cowboys more cash flexibility next offseason to extend Micah Parsons, to extend C.D. Lamb, to bring in help over the offseason because they're going to be going for back-to-back Super Bowls in 2024. That's I, a- yeah. I still love you, RJ. <laughs> He's RJ Ocho. We do, in fact, love him. Make sure you're checking stuff on blogging the boys. Okay, so tomorrow or Sunday afternoon, evening, we get the debut of several different new Cowboys. We get uh, Pollard standing back there at uh, RB1. You know, Brandon Cook's out there for the first time. Gilmore playing defense. Of all the newness, of all the new things and, and, and toys that are with the Cowboys, what do you think is going to be the biggest uh, the most positive effect here. What's what are we going to see the best out of? Is it Cooks? Is it Pollard? Is it Gilmore blocking on the defense? What are we excited about? I think it is Brandon Cooks. Um, I thought about this a lot. Um, I just don't know that there's a faster player that they could have added to their offense, and that's a, a dynamic that they really and sorely have missed. Um, again, not to make it about Dak because I don't want to piss Bear off, but <laughs> Dak is one of the, the better deep ball throwers mm-hmm. in the NFL. We just haven't seen that sector of his game in a few years because the talent hasn't necessarily lined up with that. But circa 2020, Dak Prescott had a younger Michael Gallup that he was cooking down the field with. And so um, Brandon Cooks brings that out. But more than that, Brandon Cooks keeps defenses a uh, which helps C.D. Lamb out, which helps Michael Gallup out in his return to form. 
I mean, and I really am excited to see the kind of effect that Brandon Cooks, the leader, has had. Um, he's one of the more professional people who has joined the Cowboys in a very long time. I think a, a very sorely needed big brother uh, who has been to and, and seen and done a lot of things in the NFL that right now this, this group of puppies and young dogs, no pun intended, is just kind of dreaming about. Um, and so I, I really kind of think that Brandon Cooks is, is the Nas that this, you know, this race car kind of nice. needed to boost themselves up. Um, so I'm, 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 I don't know that his effect will be as felt in the box score. It may not be a Brandon Cooks three catch, you know, hundred yard touchdown game, but I do think that the, the domino effect of him will be substantial. I agree with that. I think Brandon Cooks was a great addition uh, and, and wide receiver room completely. RJ, I think the Cowboys, with the emergence now of Jalen Tolbert, uh, I think is looking really good. And and, and uh, as everybody around here knows, I'm a big fan of Jake Ferguson. I think he's going to step in and, and make a big impact on this offense as well. Yeah, and I, I'm really excited to see that. Um, I do think that if you're the tight end for the Dallas Cowboys with Dak Prescott at quarterback, you're kind of in a fortunate position. I think it's a bit of a money-making spot. And, and Jake has enough talent to capitalize on that. Um, and that's, I think, where some of the anxiety is starting to now kind of percolate and, and, and kind of, you know, give us some stress because we haven't seen this, right? This all makes sense conceptually. This all makes sense on paper. We've shown the work on the exam, and you can feel as prepared and as studied as you want, but you still have to turn it in and watch it get mm -hmm. graded. Um, and so, you know, seeing this all unfold for the first time with Mike McCarthy at play caller, and while I believe in that, there is reason to doubt it. I mean, there, there are a lot of balls in the air right now, and, and they all kind of come to a halt on Sunday night. Um, and they're either going to prove everybody right and give us reasons to go scream at everybody and show some receipts, or they're going to send us into a hellscape of a season <laughs> where we're going to have to survive on a weekly basis. <laughs> That's the Dallas Cowboys, baby. I love it. The hellscape that is R&R &R in the morning. That's RJ Ochoa. He stops by every week. I noticed the shirt. The Astros successfully pantsed the Rangers oh, all week man. long. What is this? Uh, is this more about the Strohs than the Rangers, or is it the Rangers that, in your mind, that were that bad? I think it's really cool in sports when you get a, in this case, a series or, or a game or something where. It, you know, it's so obvious that both teams absolutely need it, right? Like, so, so you're going to get, like, the absolute best effort for both teams. And so generally that leads to a great game. But, like, for that to lead to, to just a destruction um, really, uh, I think, says more about the Astros. I mean, the, the Rangers clearly waved the white flag. But it, it just – it also, you know, it, I love when something ends jokes or ends memes and or, like like, confirms them. So it's like, yep. You're, you're not a baseball, you're not a real baseball team, or that's Minute Maid Park North, or whatever, like, we run this state, like, whatever. I mean, it's it's such a conversation-ending kind of performance. I've never seen anything like that. It was incredible, and it never stopped. Like, you would think that there would have been a fizzle-out point, but no, there wasn't. Like, it was it was the gym from the office, like, poking Dwight balls, <laughs> like, I just wanted to stop kind of thing. Um, and I never thought I would be so proud of the Astros to be Dwight Schrute. That is R.J. Ochoa. His stuff's on blogging the boys, and you get him live right here on San Antonio Sports Star every Friday. Man, it's always good to talk to you. Glad you're feeling better. Uh, we'll talk to you next Friday. I hope you each have a delicious cup of soup before the weekend's over.